Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. The Reds took a crucial three points for their hopes of getting the top four. With everyone else except for Arsenal picking up points this past week, it was a massive win for Liverpool. Since we were last on the pod, uh, Liverpool have played Everton, Bournemouth, and Stoke, taking seven out of nine points. So on this episode of the Talk On podcast, we're going to go ahead and talk about those games, as well as give our seat index ratings, and also uh, look forward to the West Brom game. So I'm your host, Joey Vishney, here in Chicago, and tonight I'm joined by Brian Painter in New York, and Jeff Hallett in Orange County. Gents, how you doing? Great to be here, buddy. How you been? Good, good. Jeffrey, how are you? So great to be here. Been well. So we will definitely talk about the Everton match, and Painter was actually there for it, which was awesome. But before we get into that, let's do the intro question. Bobby Firmino, he just got a yellow card for taking off his shirt, and I love his normal celebration. I actually like the fake taking off his shirt and giving the finger wag. But then on goals like that, you're, you're just completely okay with it, obviously, throwing it off. So that's Bobby Firmino's Selly. Uh, so, what would you? What would your Selly be uh, if you scored a goal in front of the cop? What would your Selly be, Jeffrey? <laughs> thinking of Bobby's, like using that as a metaphor, I mean, I'm thinking Chris Farley and that Chippendales thing on Saturday Night Live. I like it. Maybe. That's a solid one. <laughs> You have to I mean, if your, you had, you have to take your shirt if, off for that too. Though you got to go all in on it if you're going to do it. Yeah, right. Or maybe I just go top and bottom off, you know, for the okay. cop. All right. The tearaways, the tearaways are coming out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> mine's uh, mine's a little less glamorous. Uh, I probably uh, revert back to the Goonies and do the truffle shuffle um, <laughs> and uh, show off these massive abs that I have. I love it in the re- in the reverse direction. <laughs> Well done. Both good references. Absolutely. All right. So we, Painter, I got to get into it because I haven't talked to you in person since you were at the match. Um, you were at Anfield for the Everton game. I was, yeah. How just let's, let's go in and get into it. How was it? Uh, it, it was awesome. Uh, when I found out I had the opportunity to sit in the cop for the Everton game, uh, I took it, jumped at it. I was already over in Europe and I just said, I'm extending and heading up to, Anfield or in Liverpool to go see the match. I mean, from start to finish, the cop was in full voice. Nobody sat down. Flags were waving. Uh, the Everton chants were out. I, it was just an experience and I'll, something I'll never forget. And I want to send a shout out to Dominic, um, Hastings who, uh, who helped me out, uh, and got me a ticket, uh, to the, to the venue. And, uh, the day was just absolutely awesome. After the match, everybody was still in full voice singing up and down the streets. Uh, and then well into the evening, uh, where we were highly, highly lubricated <laughs> in the city center. But yeah, it was, it was awesome to see the game, uh, there, uh, to be part of, uh, the cop for, uh, a Merseyside Derby was, was really something special for yeah, me. Yeah. What a game, the Merseyside Derby to go to your, oh man, pretty, pretty fucking jealous over here for sure. How, how did the, uh, main stand look? Was it just massive or what? Yeah. The main stand was, I was surprised at how big it was. I, I, you know, you see the pictures and stuff like that, and you don't really fully appreciate the scale at which it it is. Um, and I was there before the main stand went in, and after, and now after. Yeah, I haven't been since they put it in. I want to see it, it really bad. Yeah, it looks like a completely different uh, different side. Now, I didn't have a full view of it because I was sitting on the left hand side of the cop, um, so it, it was to my left, uh, but it towers over the other three uh, sides of the field and it's it's really much louder than it was uh, when I went there now granted we were playing Everton and the last game I went to was West Ham so it, it, it naturally but <laughs> that's by, gonna by be nature, a little bit better atmosphere too yeah, yeah. by nature it was gonna be more intense but uh, but you can definitely notice uh, the the loudness of the field and uh, you know, they started some chants too, as well over in, uh, the main stand, which, uh, was something I, I, you know, hadn't seen before. So the main stand looks gorgeous. The whole redesign and redevelopment of the area 
it looks night and day from how it used to look. And I, I was just super impressed. They did a really quality job on, on the whole uh, redesign and redevelopment. Yeah. And just like you were talking about how there's some chance starting from it, I think it's because now that they put more seats in there and, you know, maybe they're a little bit more affordable than some of the other ones that, you know, some of the fans who normally would be singing, you know, well, yeah, you put eight, 9,000 more season ticket holders that have been waiting, you know, 10, 15 years for season tickets right. into the, into the first season, they get to go uh, and have their tickets. They're going to be a little bit more energized and excited to be there and stuff like that, as opposed to the folks that, you know, in that main stand that go year in, year out. Right. Exactly. So I think, I think part of that has to do with it as well. Sure. And you brought some good luck. We won uh three, one. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the game. The last time Everton won at Anfield was what, 18 years ago, I think. Right. So that's, you know, just ridiculous. We were all, we were all thinking before, you know, the match, like, oh, well, you know, it's got to come law of averages. It's got, they got to get one at, at some point. But no, I mean, they just, Everton was on a really good run of form and, and, you know, they're, they're having a great season. And yet every time they come up against us, especially at Anfield, they just, they crumble. It's, uh, for, like, like we always say, you know, form goes out the window in derbies, but like specifically the Merseyside derby, it, it definitely does. Um, and so, it was it, it was an interesting game. A lot of you know injuries and and goals, but let's let's go ahead and start off. We just I want to get this out of the way. The Mane injury, uh, because obviously I think that was the, the aside from the three points, maybe even more than the three points to take out of the game was was Mane's injury. He's so crucial to what what we do, and um, you know how did you see the challenge on him, Jeff, and and what does it mean now that he's out? Do we have anyone that can come in and kind of maybe whether it's a Rigi. Or whether it's Woodburn, I mean, are, is it that far of a drop off to where you know it might affect our top four chances without him? It's a reshuffling of who's going to contribute. That's for sure. Do we have capable backup for him in, in a winger position? No, we don't. We've been Klopp has been signaling we need backup in the winter transfer window. Just messaging, hey, we need to get some backup for this guy and. Club didn't deliver it. So whether that's he, Michael Edwards, FSG, who knows? But we didn't get back up. It hurt us during AFCON. It's going to hurt us through the balance of the season. The challenge itself, of all the challenges that happen in this game, it seems Everton is playing a different game in all these derbies, right? They don't have the same level of quality, so they're just going to make it up by stamps and tough challenges, you know, bullshit on, on the pitch and, you know, which ends up injuring a player. We've had multiple in these derbies. They don't seem to have any. So this challenge wasn't like that. It was, I think just hotly contested match. Yeah. Got his foot, you know, bent back, unfortunately on the, on the come down, but you know, it really illustrates the value of Sadio to the side, right? Positive and negative, positive with his goal, negative with obviously the injury, you know, his pace, his physicality, his finishing ability. You put it all together. I don't think we have a more valuable player on the club at this point. Coutinho, obviously, coming back from international duty, could argue that a bit, but his finishing ability and his sheer pace, size, it's really tough to match. I don't know if we're going to be able to backfill him but you saw with stoke we'll get into that later you put put the brazilians in the leadership the coutinho showing on the side uh, I, I think we've got some hope but it's going to come from other areas yeah and that first goal that that we scored just shows exactly what he brings to the side and just everything you said the sheer pace his finishing ability uh he took that ball from what was it a way way out to and then went on a nice run uh, to finish it off, but back to what we we're talking about. Yeah, whether whether it was Funes Mori last year, or in my opinion, Ross Barkley this year, Painter Ross Barkley should have been sent off. In my opinion, what about what do you think? Yeah, he that those challenges were horrific. Um, even Ashley Williams uh, at the end uh, at the, the end stamp on Sean, on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they just completely lose their heads in these matches, and I don't know what it is, um, but this has been a consistent theme. And, and funny enough, the, 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 the thing that happened to Mane, and that happened right in front of me, uh, when I was there, it, it didn't look that bad at first. Um, and maybe because I was watching it live, he just kind of flopped back over. And then when he tried to get up, he went down right away. And I just knew there was, there was trouble on the horizon. And as far as, and as far as the challenges go, 
I think Barkley just tries too hard. I mean, he, he, you know, he's a local lad. He wants to put his mark on the game. Uh, he just loses his head in these matches and he's a complete idiot. I mean, you can go all the way back to when, you know, uh, I think it was Morales left one in on Suarez. Yeah. Uh, and he should have been sent, um, in that. And it, you, it's, it's the same thing, game in, game out. And it's unfortunate because, you know, you, you want to see a little bit of quality from, you know, your, from your hometown rivals. But my God, they were completely outclassed the entire game. There was never a point. I, I know they got the goal, uh, to tie it up 1-1, but there was never a point I was worried that we were going to lose that game. I figured as soon as they scored, it was just going to piss us off. And we marched right back down the field and scored. And, you know, lo and behold, Coutinho hits that beauty uh, and just absolutely does what Coutinho does from the left-hand side, cutting in and, and tucking it in that far corner. So, um, but I had, there was never a doubt of anybody I was sitting around to that we were ever going to lose that game. There was only one outcome. Yeah, we we're definitely in control the whole game. That, that's for sure. And, and it is a shame because Barkley's a quality player. And then just, you can tell he's a local lad when he comes in and, and just puts in those types of challenges. And he, he seems to do it pretty much every time we play him too. I mean, obviously last game a little bit more than others, but you know, it's, it, it, you know, you never like seeing that, um, you know, when players are just purposely trying to injure other players, no matter what game it is, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about that, that goal that we gave up. Uh, another set piece goal, I guess. I mean, I'm just not surprised at all. <laughs> Nor should you be. No, I mean, it's just. I, I think you know on the on the whole set piece thing. I think we just you know we switch off. We lose our man's. If you watch any of those, no, back, but, but right? we're doing. But painter, here's sorry for interrupting. Here's like I yeah, we're, no doing, we're doing zonal marking right now. And, and so you can see when certain players like you, you, you stick with them to a certain extent. And then if they get out of your zone, then, then you, that's the other, another player's responsibility. To me, I don't think it's the system that we're doing. I don't necessarily like there's teams that have been really good at zonal marking. There's been teams that have better, been better at man marking. I prefer man marking, but what it comes down to, I think is just the will to go up and head the ball out. Like to, to, to not just stand there when the ball hits the ground and just watch a second ball go in. Like that was his first goal for Everton ever. <laughs> and I, for the first team, and, and we're just—you just look when he scores, and there, there's three players just looking at the ball. It's just nobody's quick to react. I think it's—it doesn't matter the system. I think it's solely based on reactions and just going up and, and being a fucking man and just going to get the the first ball because we have a problem with with the knockdowns and and, and this and the second balls um, from set pieces. It's just it's just how we defend, and you would think with. You know, Lovren and Mati, guys who should be able to, to to clear it with their heads. It's just, it's not working out for Liverpool, and it's really frustrating to watch. Well, the core root of this one, it's a, on the micro level, Painter's point, macro, totally applies. But uh, here it was Lovren allowing Ashley Williams inside position. He got to the ball first, there goes the assist, in goes the goal. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Lovren strikes again. Yeah, it's, I, I've just I kind mean, of accepted it at this this point in the season. Like, you know, that I, we're not going to do anything better. So, Yeah, no, I mean, Joey, for me, and I've played, and most of us have all played many years, defending on set pieces and defending corners is all about want to. It's exactly. not it, – it, it's, it, it's just you want it more than the other person does because everybody's jumping at the same time. Now, some of the offenders, uh, offensive folks can get a, a you know running start at it, uh, a little bit better than the defenders, but it's positioning and want to, right? And getting physical and manning and pushing people off the ball. I mean, it's not the skirtle, you know, bear hug scenario, but it's, but it's definitely getting physical and, and going up and wanting the ball more than the other guy. And I just think that we switch off. Um, once we don't get that first header clear, we just switch off and we completely lose our heads. Yeah. Cause and, I don't really, I, I don't, say I wouldn't think anyone on our team doesn't have like the heart the want to you know what I mean it, it seems like everybody does but just for some reason it continues to be a problem and and it's there's no way that Klopp's not working on the training pitch with them with this I mean he's come out and said he has it's it, it's just a it, I hate talking about it so much but it's such a recurring issue and it, and it seems to happen every game whether it's a goal or not it's like a chance created it's it's something's got to change, and I don't know what what that is. I like literally can't think of anything. There's there's no answers right now. We've we've tried different types of marking. 
maybe you just have to hope that we can bring someone in, maybe two people in who, I don't know, guess want it more, even though I don't, I don't, it's such a, it's such a frustrating issue because it's just been going on for so long. I mean, anyways, let, let's just move on because we're, I'm sure we'll be talking about this in next week and then the week after that and then the week after that as well. Uh, Phil had a beauty goal, so let's talk about something positive. Um, it's nice to see him return to sort of return to the form he had pre-injury. I don't think he's quite there yet, but I mean, he's the last couple of games he's, he's really come on and, and, uh, I mean, what a goal that was, Jeff. Yep. The classic Coutinho move, shimmy, then strike to the far corner and his first ball. I mean, it was a hell of a slate, hell of a save by Robles, which there yeah, wasn't yeah. a ton of, ton of great work in this match for him second place but um he, he had the same move one shimmy in this one and a beautiful goal and that's Coutinho it's another example of his leadership in this stretch run when we need it most whether he's sick whether he's got influenza throwing up at halftime like he's delivering him and Firmino are, are, are really clicking right now and I think Firmino isn't scoring as much as we'd like him to but he's still contributing you know a lot and and pretty much every other area. So uh, what have you been thinking of the Brazilian duo right now? Uh, they're coming back into form, which <laughs> we've missed uh, dearly over the last handful of months. I think that the, the last trip with Brazil, uh, they both played a lot of minutes. Uh, Coutinho obviously hit that great goal uh, in, in the World Cup qualifying that sent them through to uh, Russia's uh, in 2018, uh, first, first team to qualify. So, I think he got a little mojo back from that. And Firmino, uh, I think if we get him some rest, because he looks dead on his feet uh, lately, but uh, if we get him a little rest, I think, uh, you know, he he can run for days. And I think he's going to be very key, especially with Mane being out to our run in here over the final six games. I love those two, by the way. Yeah. Big man, I, big man crush on both of them. <laughs> absolutely. And I, and I think that Coutinho seems to somehow step it up a level when he plays for Brazil. It's like usually we don't want players to go away on international duty, but some, when Coutinho leaves, he, he comes back almost a better player seem, seemingly every time. So uh, let's move, let's go ahead and move along to what I think potentially could be the worst result of the season. I know it's a draw and it, and it wasn't a loss, but just in terms of where it was at in the season and, and the way it happened, I really, really think that's that's going to be a tough one. And if we had those two extra points right now, we'd feel a lot more safe because even though we have a couple games in hand, uh, you know, Man U still could catch up to us. For, uh, fortunately, Arsenal just, just lost to Crystal Palace in a pretty embarrassing fashion. Uh, so luckily, you know, they're um, what I think they're – they're uh, still six back, but with one game in hand now, I think, or it's either that or it's right. nine back with two games in yeah. hand. Uh, so, you know, I just, that game, it's, it's just, so, it was for me, it's just such a frustrating draw. And it almost made me that, I remember at that point uh, when the, just watching the result, it, it seemed like for me at that point, that top four was over. I, I don't, I still think we do have a chance. It, it should be in our hands. We do have a favorable schedule. And other big teams have to play each other, but knowing Liverpool, it just feels like we're going to be dropping more points to the end of the season. And, and the way that that happened, you know, is, is definitely two points lost rather than one game, in my opinion. So, uh, Painter, any takeaways from the goal? Uh, unfortunately, Genie gifted them that first one. Um, Jesus, you know, it, he's he's been one of our best players this whole season. You can't really like, you know, obviously he's not trying to do that. He just mishit it, but. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that first goal, any other, you know, anything else in the game that you noticed? Um, that no, you it was know? a very, it was a very for, for, forgetful game uh, for a lot of reasons. The genie pass was, oh my God. Um, and then to give up that late equalizer, it, it was, uh, it was just so frustrating on, on the day. And there's nothing really you can say about it, uh, other than that we played horrifically poor, uh, for most of the, most of the match. And genie's, mistake uh we'll probably come on to it uh when we talk about stoke but he's he he's been our most solid person in possession in the midfield for the entire season uh and he's had back-to-back games where he's had major gaffes in his possession and passing that you know one led to a goal one should have been you know the second one should have been a goal uh if it wasn't some for some br- brilliant work by our belgium keeper 
But uh, there, there was nothing really to talk about in the Bournemouth. We got a point. Uh, it didn't crush our season. Uh, and we still got it all to play for. So we move on and focus on the, you know, Stoke and then the final six games, uh, after Stoke. Yeah. Jeff, what, what I think we, that the Bournemouth game for sure showed us, uh, I mean, we mostly already knew, but really that, that no matter what system he's in, Clavon, uh, should not be starting. Uh, and, and that we bought him for a reason. That's to be a backup. And it was just kind of weird that Klopp would, you know, change that to, to accommodate him. So, um, you know, the second goal, clearly not good defending by him. It's like he just lost sight of the ball. Um, but anything else you take away from the game, um, other than that's just, just a bad draw and hopefully move past it. Well, I've got Clavon fucked up here, there littered all over my notes for all these matches that we're going to talk about today. So there's gotta be something to it. Yeah. He's a fourth choice center back, not good enough and typified, I thought, by the equalizer. 87th minute, pretty much in stoppage time at home. You're maybe three feet in front of your own goal center and you're just defending with your arms. And I get you don't want to like trip the guy or give up a pen, but for fuck's sake, like get a foot on the ball, gives it up with hardly any intervention. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's not the guy. There are so many other moments in each of these games where he's out of position or he's not fast enough can't can't keep up with the pace and it's it's proven here unfortunately yeah yeah forgetful game let's go ahead and just let's move on um but before we <laughs> before we go ahead and always here to cheer you up Joe. yeah i just mean just call on me that was just i remember talking to you guys after that result and it was just I, I was, you were in a, you were in a bad state yeah, that was, after that, was, that result that was, bad mood. <laughs> I was in a really bad mood so let's now now that we've talked about it and we can just move on now for sure. Um, but before we go ahead and get into the Stoke match, let's go ahead and hear some uh, fan reactions from the Irish American. I know that they were, it seemed like they were having a good time for sure. So let's go ahead and <laughs> l- listen in on it and uh, see what they have to say. This is Brian Painter with the footballpeers.com talk on podcast. It's Saturday morning in downtown Manhattan. I'm on the way to the Irish American to watch Liverpool's under 23 team take on Stoke City. <laughs> I'm here at the Irish American after Liverpool beat Stoke City two goals to one. I'm joined by... Jillian Cape. Natalie Evans. Tyler Vinyl. What did you think of the match? Uh, I guess this is what Klopp meant at midweek when he said we need to win ugly. You know? <laughs> uh, it, I wasn't sure what was happening in the first half. It looked pretty dire until we made the substitutions in the second. He, he's trying something new. Uh, it, it seemed like he was... Just trying to figure something out with all the injuries. You know what? I love seeing Woodburn and Trent out there. It was great. Trent looked great. Woodburn had his moments. Um, still not sure what he was doing. I hope he doesn't do it again. Uh, I'm delighted we, we, we won. I was a bit worried for a minute there. Um, I came in um, and it was nil-nil and then we went down and I thought I was going to get kicked out the bar because they scored as soon as I walked <laughs> through the door. But yeah, no, I mean, three points, we needed them. So Well, um, I had my doubts in the first half. I didn't think, I thought we we honestly deserved to be down one nothing. They had the better of the half, but once obviously once we put on our two world class players it was a different game. So I'm just glad we pulled through and got the win. So what did you think about the substitutions Cobb made in the second half? Um I think I think they were we were all delighted to see Danny come on. We were all a bit worried because we thought he was gonna get broken within the first <laughs> minute. But yeah no I think that was some smart tactics today and it obviously it obviously worked. We saw some uh, some nice plays. You gotta say that Brazilian connection as soon as they come on the field they're one touch passing, making good runs, connecting. Suddenly, we could string passes together. Who was your man of the match? It's got to be Firmino. I mean, Bobby Firmino. Bobby Firmino. What I know a, it's a little cliche, a but that goal. I mean, that's world class, and he just was a game changer. Him and Coutinho. I mean, obviously, you knew they were going to be game changers, but from the I said it from two seconds when they came on, I was like, wow, it's already different. So it's got to be Firmino for me. I got to. I'm not going to give it to a man. I'm going to give it to the duo. It's the Brazilians. They the Brazilians. they killed it today. They came on and they changed the game took him less than a half to make us look like we should. I've got to say, Mignolet made some, made some important... Oh, who am I going to say? I think I'd say Mignolet or Bobby, because, I mean, for that goal alone. Yeah, Mignolet yeah, or Bobby, I'm, you're going go to... I'm going to I'm gonna go to Bobby, because, yeah. Because he got We're the going, I've got him. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful Thanks goal. so much. This is Brian Panner with the Football Purists. 
thank you everyone very much for your opinions and, and views on the game. Painter, I know you always have a good time out there, man. Yeah, it's always a it's always a treat, uh, especially when we get a a pretty raucous crowd. Uh, and uh, the way we went about winning, winning Stoke, everybody was singing and uh, eager to uh, have a few pints and uh, enjoy the enjoy the amazing comeback win. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun time for sure, as a, as it always is. Boot room knows how to party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into it. This was a huge win. Coming off one of the, the worst draws of the season, this might have been one of the best wins of the season, especially given at how shit that first half was. I mean, it might have been one of the worst first halves I've seen, if not the worst, uh, all season for Liverpool. It was it was brutal. And then, you know, we introduced Bobby and Phil, and they just completely changed the game. It just shows, you know, what depth on the bench can, can bring. Um, so... You know, we'll get into the goals, um, but before we do, because there were some beauties, uh, anything else, guys, in the game that you noticed? Um, you know, defensively, we gave up four big chances and, and two errors. Um, you know, Painter, you can just go back and touch on the Genie one since we were already on the subject. That uh, that back pass wasn't the greatest. Yeah, I, I don't know if he just got his I, – I saw what he was trying to do, uh, and it just came off the – it came off horribly wrong for him. Uh, and it landed right at, thank God it landed at Charlie, fat Charlie Adams feet to, to, <laughs> or the, it could have been a different story, but I, I, I don't know what Klopp was doing. Um, you know, I get what he was trying to do. And, and my, my belief is that he said, okay, great. We're going to rest these guys, you know, meaning Coutinho and Firmino and see if we can get to 60, you know, 60, 70, zero, zero, and then bring these guys on to win it for us. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know if switching as much as he did, because let's look at it, right? He, he went to a back three, which he hasn't played all season, uh, for the most part. He brings Milner into the midfield. He puts Alexander Arnold on the right side and moves Klein to the left side. I, you know, to me, that just seems like a ridiculous amount of changes. And when you think about it, most of most of the people he was moving around were on international duty, right? So Alexander Arnold was out on international duty, um, and he didn't have time to practice that or play that, and he hasn't played it even for the under twenty threes all season. So I I just think it was a really weird setup. Um, I know he wanted probably rest Phil and, and Bobby, but at least. Don't move Milner to the to the center of the midfield. Terrible keep him decision. on the left. Just a keep him decision. on the left. Yeah, keep him on the left wing back. And and what does what does it say about Albert Moreno that he can't get into what he's best suited to do, which is play left wing back? Exactly. No, no. Seriously, like if he's if he's not getting a game right now in that formation, then he's being sold. There's, there's no way he's staying now. Like there's just no oh, way yeah. he's he's meant for that type of role. Uh, and I yeah, guess the. He's the I guess the rumors are AC Milan and Inter are um, looking in to, to try and get him. But, um, you know, yeah, it sucks. Like, I, I was – it made no sense to me. It made no sense to me not to start him that game. Um, so, you know, someone else, though, who in, in the back line, Jeff, who hasn't been doing that great. Uh, Matip hasn't been doing that great. Um, not Not terrible, but not really stepping up to, I think, how good he should be. Uh, Lovren obviously kind of just doing the same thing he's been doing, but um, in terms of what you know, Brian was just or what Painter was just talking about uh, with the with the young guys coming in. How did you think that that Woodburn did? Woodburn unfortunately wasn't big enough. They were Liverpool were throwing hucking way too many long balls in, and Woodburn obviously doesn't have the size and. The rest of them it, out of position and just the low energy on the road or maybe just confusion given the formation changes. Obviously, the kids didn't bring it in this one. So it was in need of a rescue come second half, and we got it, thank God. But, yeah, just unfortunate. Too many gaffes, of course. Clavon yet again exposed on you know getting the first strike in. Walter giving that up out of position once again. Yeah, Lover and Alvarez also just watched – Walters just yeah, I, in. but I, but but Joe, I, and I'll, I'll defend Lovren. Matip was poor on that too. Don't get me wrong, Matip was yeah, also poor. But on I'll that. defend Lovren. Lovren was guarding on Altovich, 
and he he was stuck between three Stoke players, and it's like who do you who do you go to? Because he he had three Stoke players I he was guarding. The guy closest though, closest to the ball, who's wide open in front of the net. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't think it's fully his fault, but it wasn't good defending by any means. So, um, oh, I. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it, it, that's a tough decision to make. But it, it, that was collectively terrible defending for sure. Oh, absolutely, it, it, it was brutal. But um, let, let's go ahead and get to some positives uh, from the game. Uh, Minule Minule had a solid game, Painter. Um, you know, he a sol- solid is not solid is an understatement, my man. No, it was, it was it was one of his best games probably for Liverpool in terms of how crucial his saves were. Uh, I think that first save was good. Uh, he still had a high percentage chance of saving that just because Charlie Adam is, is an idiot and just couldn't bury that. Uh, it was still a very good save. But the second one, the timing uh, and the reactions on that one, um, you know, that's that's what he's good at is, is making reaction saves, getting across. Uh, his positioning has been a little bit better for us. Had a couple good punches. Um, what does this mean, though, for Mignolet for next season as well? So maybe you can talk about his performance as well as what this also means going forward. Yeah, no, I thought he was excellent on the day. Uh, you know, he got a standing ovation apparently when he walked in the locker room from the other players. I, the, the, the same on Charlie Adam. He just came out and made himself big and pretty much in that situation, that's all you can do. Uh, for the second one, his speed to get across from one side of the goal to the other, uh, to save that shot from Barahino. Uh, was excellent. I, you know, probably one of the best saves of the season, uh, in the Premier League. I, I can't think of too many more that I would rank above it. And his punching has gotten dramatically better over the course of this season. I think he's playing himself into a situation where it's going to be very hard for Klopp to make a move for an upgrade over Mignolet. Uh, and let, because I don't think Liverpool are going to go out and drop 30 million pounds on a, on a, on a keeper. I, I don't see that happening. I think they're, they're, if they feel Mignolet serviceable, and when I mean serviceable, he's a top 10, you know, top six goalie in the, in the Premier League. I don't think they're going to go out and spend big, especially when they just brought Carrius in, who's supposed to be the future. So I think he's playing himself into, you know, extending his Liverpool stay uh, by an, at least another season. I, I think we we kind of know, Jeff, it doesn't seem like Klopp is going to bring in another keeper. I, I just don't think it's like you just said, Parent. It's not really a, a, a position of need for us, especially because we still need to see what Carriers can do. Um, but, Jeff, let's let's go ahead and move on to another amazing part of the game. And, and what a hit from Bobby, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we started the opening question based on the theme, but yeah, I mean, full stride hit perfectly. I mean, he should have taken a shirt off for that. I mean, it was just so beautiful and needed at that moment. It completed the, uh, the recovery for both Brazilians. Pretty impressive. Yeah. He also had a really nice assist that game to, uh, to Phil, um, slotted in there perfectly. Obviously Phil had to, you know, get his feet sorted, which was awesome. But, uh, another, you know, great play by Bobby. I mean, they just seem to be, they seem like they're the two guys that are going to take us over the line and, and get that fourth place if, if we're going to – or get any position in the top four, whether it's third or fourth uh, this year, if we're going to get it. Uh, I could definitely see Sturridge being a, a big impact too if he's healthy and he comes back and, and hopefully he starts. But I think those are the two main guys that, that are going to definitely lead us over the line. But you know, And they're Jeff, showing it. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, that's that's all the evidence that we're seeing. All these games that we're talking about today, uh, basically since he came back from international duty and that wonderful performance, Coutinho's going to deliver top four. I, calling it now, uh, Painter will provide some more analytics to cheer us up on what's to come with the other clubs playing each other. But I think Coutinho's going to deliver it. I mean, I hope so. Let's, really quick, before we move on, uh, somebody featured, like I just mentioned, Sturridge. Uh, and... I mean, he came out and instantly made an impact, in, in my opinion. He had a, a nice uh, through ball, uh, I think, to start the – was it the field goal? But um, yeah. he – I mean, he what – what do you guys think? Do you think he needs to start right now, or is he going to be a guy that comes off the bench? What do you think? I don't I, – candidly, I don't think he's going to start the rest of the season uh, unless something happens to Origi. I think he – He's too fragile to play a full 90 and he's much better 
he, he, he'll be much better coming off and adding an impact. If you saw, so when we put Coutinho and Firmino on, Stoke immediately dropped 10, 15 yards back because they're like, wow, we, you know, we've got some firepower come on. When Sturge came on, they dropped another 10 yards back, it looked like, at least on TV, and started defending. You know, imagine Daniel Sturge coming on at 70. I think he came on right around 70. And you're like knackered from playing, you know, so hard for the last 70 minutes, and then you got to deal with him. Um, and whether he's back to his best or will be back to his best, he's still a really a high brand name in the in the Premier League who strikes fear in the you know in the eyes of the defenders. Uh, so he's going to have a little cachet when he comes on the field. I thought he played really well. He ran the channel, something that Origi wasn't doing early on. Uh, he has that bit of quality that can hit that pass to Firmino uh, down the, uh, through the channel that I just don't think we have outside of Bobby and Phil. So I thought he played really well for the time he was on. I don't see him coming back into the starting lineup. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I think he stays with Origi because I think he likes uh, Origi's, you know, chasing and um, – impressing more than Daniels. So, uh, but I definitely think he's going to have a big part the rest of this season and hopefully he gets us, you know, two or three goals uh, down the stretch that make, uh, make all the difference because we're going to need them. Yeah, I hope so. Jeff, where do you stand on Sturridge? What do you, you think he should be starting now that Monty's out uh, or leave a region? Is Sturridge just better off, off the bench um, coming in and making, making an impact? What do you think? Yeah, I just don't think his pace justifies it. He's lost pace every single year since 13-14, and we're in a stretch run. He hasn't gotten a ton of minutes. Yes, he can create disruption and draw defenders away, and that's good. I think that's why you're going to see him off the bench, but to start, no. I am on the complete opposite side of the fence as you guys. Uh, I think <laughs> I think he needs to be on no the bench uh, 100%. <laughs> I, 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 he needs to start. He, he needs a start for me uh, for a couple of reasons. One being that if he's fit and healthy, I know he's lost pace and that sucks. He's still one of the most gifted, one of the best players that we have. And you can he comes on and, and makes an impact right away. Who's to say that he won't do that in minute one through 60? If if he can't play a full 90, bring a Rigi on as a sub. I, I have more faith in Daniel Sturridge making an impact than a Rigi. That's just, that's just how I feel. Also, Coutinho has a good feel for what Sturridge uh, wants to do, um, and also because you know if he if he nets a couple and and we really don't and you know Klopp definitely doesn't want him back, which it looks like is the case. We can add maybe ten million onto his onto his price because yes, you know clubs know that just like Sacco, you know we're probably not going to keep that player, so you can always bid cheaper, but. The fact is, is if Sturridge starts scoring more goals, just like Sacco has been beasting it, um, then more clubs are going to want to come in, and then they're going to have to battle it out for who you know that pretty much the highest price wins. So there's a lot of reasons why I want him to start, and and you know the first one being I think he can help us get into the top four right now. So yes, it sucks, Jeff. Like you said, I mean you, you can tell he's a little bit slower. Whether it's he just is because physically because of those injuries or it's because it's a mental thing, because especially because he knows he's leaving. And so he doesn't want to, you know, maybe, you know, tear something again. Um, but I, I would much rather see him on the pitch than not. Uh, and that's just my opinion. So I don't well, know. You know, you've, you've got, you've got a You mentioned him. You'd be willing to sit him for storage. Rigi's got the size, and he's also scored in two of the three yeah, games Origi, that we're talking about. Yeah, I know, but okay, that one Rob, uh, Joel Robles should have saved that shot. Like, I'm sorry, that one was basically down the middle of the goal. It just was. Uh, and, you know, I think Sturridge can come in and score just as many. We've seen it in the past. Yes, he's a little bit slower. Yes, his, he needs to get his finishing touch back maybe a little bit. But I think he also provides a lot, um, you know, with... Like even if you were to play, like even if you were to play him as a number ten, if we went to like a four two three one, like he could, he's still creative enough to make things happen. If you put maybe That's Firmino true. a little bit above him, or if you pair him with Firmino, I, I mean, love Sturridge. Don't get me wrong, Joey. I I love the guy, and I wish he was healthy, and I wish he was back to the player I fell in love with in thirteen fourteen. Uh, I just I I love his attitude. I his quality 
we you're right. We and I think Jeffer, you said it. His quality, we just don't have a striker of that quality when he's on form. The problem is, I I still think that because he doesn't run and press, I don't see Klopp putting him in from the jump. I think he'll bring him on when the when the opposing team is tired, um, and he'll be much more effective. But you know, again, I I'd be ha- I'd be happy with either one of them starting. Uh, with the other one coming off the bench, so yeah, and, uh, and we're gonna need we're gonna need both of them. So let's let's be that's, honest. That's true. I think, uh, you know, this for me, this isn't even a heartstrings thing. Like, yes, I do love Sturridge, and I have in the past, but I truly believe that he can contribute heavily towards us scoring goals. Uh, if we're gonna concede some, which we know we are, I'd rather be scoring a little bit more too. And so, I just I personally would rather see him over Origi, even though. Origi getting games is better for Liverpool in the long-term future. I think that getting top four is huge. And listen, to be honest, I think Origi's better off on the left-hand side, which he has been playing half the time and kind of in the middle half the time. It depends with Firmino is in there or not. But um, I don't think he's that good of a so-called, so-called like target man. Like I remember, was it just a couple uh, games he, ago? Who was it versus? He didn't win a single header. Who was that against? Was that... Uh, uh, probably West Brom, it or not been, West Brom, no, but, no. Bournemouth, but Bournemouth or something. <laughs> it's I terrible. It's I feel like it might have been before that, but um, either way, like I just, I think he's better running through the channels. Um, he doesn't have the best hold-up play, to be honest. Yes, he's uh, um, he he did a decent job last game, but I don't hate him. I don't hate Origi. I like him a lot. I just uh, I think Sturridge should be the guy he's playing. So, anyways, let's let's go ahead and, and move on. We need to get. Uh, is there anything to talk about else in that? Anything, anything else in that game? I mean, we kind of covered it all. I think. You know, I do think, like I mentioned though, that that. Monty, what, well, oh, go ahead. But I just, just want to say, Mati, you know, because he had a really good start to the season for us, uh, he's kind of flying under the radar right now. But he hasn't actually been that great for us for the past couple of games um, since returning. So, uh, it has been a little bit frustrating to watch. Um, and, you know, we, we do have, we can talk about some of the, we'll, we'll, let's wait for some of the injury talk, um, and players potentially coming back when we hit up West Brom in a little bit. Um, but Painter, is there anything else you want to say really quick before we moved on? Yeah. One of the things that I think is a, is a big, is a big deal that I haven't seen Liverpool sides over the last handful of years consistently do. It's, it's coming from behind where losing just not an option where there's a bit of, you know, we're just not going to walk out of the, the ground today with dropping these points, right? We should be taking these points. Liverpool have won the most points from losing positions than any other team in the Premier League. And I think that says a lot about the mentality that Klopp is instilling in the side. So I, I thought that, that was, that was big from a confidence perspective. Um, I, and, and then to dovetail on that, I think bailing, that team and those kids out of that situation from the first half will help them not lose it mentally because I think their heads could have went very easily for the, for a long, long time. If we would have ended up losing that game and they would have played as poorly as they played in that first half, I think it would have done, I think it would have crushed uh, both Arnold and, uh, and uh, Woodburn. Jeff, anything to say about that? No, just uh, reiterating what I said earlier. I mean, unfortunately, there wasn't enough size in, in the, given the way they were playing. It was just long balls in, one after the, one after the next, and they couldn't hold the ball. Unfortunately, TAA wasn't the only one that struggled with that. I mean, the entire side couldn't hold the ball up in the final third. And unfortunately, we didn't have the size in the penalty area. Therefore, we weren't able to, you know, link up and, get any balls even close to the goal, any shots on target in the first half, I believe it was dead zero. Yeah. You know, what I will say is Trent and uh, Ben, they don't, they don't really look out of place in the premier league. I think that they know that they can play. Uh, Unfortunately, what didn't have the greatest of last games. I I thought uh, that Ben, Ben had an okay game. I don't think it was a penalty, but I think he did a good job of, you know, that run, keeping the ball at his feet uh, the one thing that did piss me off, which you guys, I don't know if, might have been Ali, uh, who, who disagreed with me on this, but I thought that Origi should have just been sprinting to the other, uh, side when, when Ben was running the ball up the pitch. Um, 
and and would and uh Rigi should have definitely been busting his ass to get to the goal and and shouting for the ball. Uh but anyways, uh let's let's go ahead and just move on to our seat index ratings right now. I need a positive and and a negative, something that got you out of your seat this past week or a couple of weeks really and and then something that got you slouching back in it. So Painter, what do you got for us this week? <clears throat> well, slouching back in it, where do you start? Uh the the entire first half was probably the worst half of football I've seen not only a Liverpool side, but any side uh, played this season and probably in a couple seasons, it was absolutely horrific. I didn't even feel like walking back into the Irish American for the second half. If I'm honest, um, it was, it was, it was terrible. I, I don't know how you separate who was worse or who was uh, the shittiest player on the field. Uh, but it was, it was atrocious. As far as my positive seed index, uh, it has to be the, the Brazilians, uh, 126 seconds between little Phil and, uh, Bobby's goals that changed the, probably changed the outlook and the fortunes of this season and finishing top four. So that 126 seconds got me out of my seat, uh, for probably the rest of the season now. <laughs> yeah, that was God, the, the Brazilians again, we keep talking about it, but that's okay. I'm completely okay with continuing to talk about them. And, and obviously that's a change, 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 change. Yeah, Chase would be proud of us talking about Brazil. Oh, yeah. And by the way, quick plug, Chase and I recorded a podcast specifically on Brazil and, and, uh, pretty much their, their recent run of form under, uh, Tite, or uh, I guess they say Chite is how they pronounce it over there. Um, but it should be coming out soon. Um, so listen on that. That'll be on, uh, football purists. But, um, anyways, yeah, I mean, Chase definitely would love that we're talking this much about the Brazilians. Um, Jeff, what do you got, man? Well, unfortunately, Painter going first, he stole my Brazilian thunder, you could say, on my positive. So instead, what I picked was Big Sam and Crystal Palace getting a 3-0 result versus Arsenal. I mean, that Arsenal hadn't... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Palace hadn't beat Arsenal since 1999 uh, at home. So in the top flight, anyway. Yeah. You got it. It's been that long. Wow, that's crazy. It it really has been that long. I mean, there were, you could say... Road hard, laid up wet. I mean, it's much worse than that in this situation, but so great to see them fail. Projects well for the balance of the season. I'm sure, Painter, you've got a thing or two to say about that. And got to throw in the negatives. I mean, there's a lot to pay attention to. You've probably been noticing as a pattern in this pod, it's Clavon for me. No question. He's the weakest link among our third, fourth, fifth choice center backs. And if we don't get serious about bringing in the right talent, bring in a, a, a VVD, bring in a TA in the summer, then we're just asking for more of the same and more depression as Liverpool fans. Yeah, the thing is, I, well, I agree with you. It shouldn't even come down to this. He shouldn't be starting, especially when, like, it's just weird that Klopp would change to a system to go three at the back when our problem is is that our center backs aren't good and just put another extra one on there. Like, it makes no sense. Uh, so oh, worked for Conte. So what the hell? Well, I mean, yeah, they have completely different players than, than we do. But, um, I mean, like if we went, if we went three at the back, uh, when like if Hendo comes back, although I have loved Chan and, and Wijnaldum in, mid, in the midfield. And I think that's been an excellent combo. I'd like to see Chan kind of as, uh, a member of that back three and maybe, Maybe potentially even in the center, so he can kind of just be sitting in, right in front of Matip and uh, and Lovren, kind of like he does already right now, and he's playing deep. Um, but that way, it can make Hendo move a little bit forward um, if he's healthy. Anyways, there's a lot of things that can happen, which we'll talk about probably at this Westbound preview. But before we get onto that, uh, my positive, I guess, just you know, Phil's he's just returning to what looks like his pre-injury form, which is huge, and that Minulay save uh, could have potentially. Got, get us into the top four. You never know. Um, World class. You know, it might not come down to a save. Like, you know, it might not come down to that draw against Bournemouth. But, I mean, that could be one of many moments that that gave us a chance at top four. So, uh, for that for that reason, I had to put it in there. And that and that was a ten. I mean, that was that was one of his better saves, I think, for sure. Uh, and uh, my negative, yeah, the Mane injury is obviously the one that comes to the to the front of my mind. But also. Just in general, kind of just macro, how how crappy our defense is. Um, the defense has conceded 40 goals in the Premier League this season already. 
uh, which is which is not good. Like if you want to be a title contending team, you want to concede like around ten less than we have already by the end of the season. So you know Chelsea, Spurs, and United all, have all conceded less than twenty five right now. Um, obviously, United not having luck with winning, they're getting a lot of draws. But I mean, they're they have a, a solid defense right now. Spurs have probably the best defense in the in the Premier League. Uh, you could argue Chelsea do as well. Um, we I mean we've conceded. We've conceded 40. Middlesbrough have conceded 37 this season. So it's, wow. yes, you can say, you know, another team, uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a top team in Arsenal, they've conceded a lot this season. City, I think, have only conceded five less than we have. But, I mean, we're the leading scorers in the Premier League. And if we just, if we just were to knock off, even if it was just 10 right now, like just be a top five defense, you know, uh, and we would only concede 30 by, at this point of the season, we would be, challenging for the title easily you know? so that's just what's frustrating in just terms of a macro um picture so that's that's at a at a one for me or i guess if you're doing it on the negative seed index scale it'd be a 10 but in general it's it's <laughs> me down it's it's depressing we talk a lot about it every week and it's frustrating so anyways let's go ahead and move on guys the the west brom game uh west brom they have 44 points they're 14 off the relegation zone 10 points behind everton and seventh so Oddly enough, this may be a good time to play them. They know they're safe. Uh, they're, they're well safe. Uh, and then they know, like, they're not going to catch up to Everton. So they don't, yes, they're fighting for a, a place in Europe, but they're not really, they, they don't, they don't have much going for them right now. I know Rondon is usually a huge threat for them, but I think he hasn't scored in like 14 games. So again, you want to go, oh, law of averages. But again, if, you know, Everton still haven't won at our place. So he, hopefully he continues his streak at 15. Uh, but but yeah, for as good as he was in the beginning of the season, uh, oddly enough, he has not been playing too well. But anyways, Painter, let's let's head over to you, brother. Um, what do you see? Uh, you know, what do we need to do to win this game? What have you seen in terms of how West Brom have been playing? Because they've actually had a very solid season right now. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough match. There's no two ways around it. They're sitting eighth in the table. Uh, Albeit they have negative two goal differential, but they're four points ahead of Southampton and 10 points behind Everton. They're going to play us tough. They're a big physical team. We tend to have problems with low block teams that want to pump it into, uh, you know, on set pieces and on corners. I, I, I think they're going to set up exactly the same way uh, that they've been setting up for against every one of the other top sides, making it tough to break down uh, and then hitting a, hitting them on the break and then with set pieces. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised if you saw somebody like Origi in this match because he's a little, he's much bigger and more physical, uh, at least on paper, <laughs> uh, than uh, say a Daniel Sturridge. Uh, and I think it's going to be a tough, tough match. And it's good that we have a week off. Uh, we need to get rested uh, some people need to heal. I think, you know, part of the issue that we've had with Matip was he hurt his back in the Everton game. Uh, and, you know, he, he hasn't been right since. So, uh, I think we gotta, I think we gotta do, go back. I think we gotta go back to the system that, that brought us here. And, you know, 4-3-3, Genie and John sitting in the midfield. Because uh, I don't think Henderson's going to be back until next week. You got to admit, Genie and and, and Emre have been amazing been a, as a, as a parent. Well, like they just they they seem to have a good chemistry and they just play off each other really really well. I've been very pleased. Uh, I think every one of you know the supporters of Liverpool have been pleased with Genie, uh, and then the way Emre's come on over the last month or so. You know, we may have found a central back or a central uh, midfield pairing that's you know, top three in the league. And that's, I didn't think I'd say that uh, heading into, heading into March, but you know, good on them. Uh, they've been playing exceptionally well. I think you set it up the exact same way. I think Phil comes in with a Rigi at top, uh, par- probably Firmino out to the right. And then, you know, you got Phil and or not Phil, but you got uh, Genie and uh, Chan sitting in the midfield, and then the back line. Depending on how fit Matip is, you know, 
you could you could make an argument. You got to take Clavin out of the firing lines because he's been atrocious, and go back to you know the standard four at the back with Lavern, Matip, and Milner and Klein, and then obviously Minule is not coming out of the coming out of goal. But that's how I think we set up, and uh, you know I think we just go at them the exact same way uh, that we've been going at uh, most of the teams. We beat uh, West Brom earlier this season two one, so um, we do have a, a W against them, Jeff. Um, you know, it's a, it's a Pulis team. You know how he's going to come out and set up. Uh, and also just wanted to throw in there, uh, Foster, Ben Foster has had a really, really good season for them. Uh, I think he's what, 33, 34 years old now, but he's been solid. I mean, he, he might be England's potentially best goalkeeper right now who's fit. Uh, I know there's a couple other like Pickford is younger and then, um, who am I thinking of? Butland at Stoke. Um, but but he's been solid for them this season. So in terms of them coming out against us, Jeff, I mean, just a, a general poolist type of uh, team. Any any threats you see? Uh, I know Chadley's been good. Five goals, five assists for them. Solomon Rondon could come on at any time. So what do you think? What I think is it's going to be more of the same. We did really well with them on the road in their house and delivered the result. And that was, yes, it was earlier in the season, but I think we match up pretty well still, even without Mane. So it's at home. Uh, everyone's treating this game to game through the rest of the season as must win. You know, these are championship ties really for Liverpool. Top four means so much. You want to, you want to retrofit the squad, get the right players in the right spots, especially in the back and quality up front and final third. The only way you're going to get it is with Champions League football. So we need to deliver it. Uh, I think the attention's there. You've got the Brazilians tuned in. A lot of it, as Painter pointed out, depends on the health of Mati because, you know, those center backs, it's just Swiss cheese back there. And he's probably the best of the bunch. So pair him with uh, Lovren in the back, assuming that he's healthy enough to do it. But one thing that I'm really struck with, I mean, you look at their their form over the last five games. So, you know, they've lost three. They've drawn one. They've won one. So that we may... You know, be concerned week to week, especially versus the dross lower lower table sides to complete our season, be eligible for top four. But let's not overplay how West Brom truly is. I mean, they lost to Southampton last week. I mean, I don't, don't want to like give them too much credit coming in, especially when we got, you know, we saw the second half rebirth as we did away at Stoke. And I think we're going to be focused in this one at home. Just Jeff, you're right. Just like you were saying, you know, they, they just they did uh, they they beat Arsenal and they drew with United so you know they're not even a lower table team like they're eighth place right now and they've they've had a very good season so while they do go out and set up kind of like a team that that will sit back they they have quality they definitely have some quality in that team and um, you know I, I just going back to what I said at the beginning I think it is just a good time to play them you know Rondon hasn't scored in fourteen games he says it's because of some personal problems some personal issues. Uh, they're safe. They don't really, they might not have as much fight as they normally would maybe earlier in the season. Um, so I hate saying that cause I don't want to jinx anything, but it does feel like the right time to be playing them at the moment, especially with how much is on the line for us and that we know that, that we have to come out with a win. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have to win all these games for sure. Or, you know, we have to win a lot of these games before the end of the season. Uh, there is a chance we can win out. There always is a chance we can go on a run. But we definitely need to pick up some points. And, and Painter, you know, there's going to be other big teams playing each other and, and dropping points. So each game's important to us. So I did a little analysis because I've got spare time on my hands. Um, I looked at taking into account that Chelsea's pretty much in the clubhouse with the with the title, and that Spurs are pretty much out of sight and not going to miss out on top four with uh, sitting on 68 points with seven to play. I took a look at. Man United, Arsenal, and City versus Liverpool. Uh, the remaining fixtures, uh, I looked at how the results panned out in the first half of the season in those corresponding fixtures for each team. So Arsenal have Middlesbrough, Leicester, Spurs, United, Southampton, Stoke, and Sunderland. In those reverse fixtures, they were 3-0-3 for a total of 14 points. United have Chelsea, Burnley, City, Swansea, Arsenal, Spurs, Southampton, and Crystal Palace. 
And the reverse fixtures, uh, the results from the reverse fixtures for them were 4-2-2 two, and two, and a four, total of 14 points. City have Southampton, United, Middlesbrough, Crystal Palace, Leicester, West Brom, and Watford. The reverse fixture performance was 4-1-2 and two, or a total of 14 points. L- Liverpool have West Brom, Crystal Palace, Watford, Southampton, <clears throat> West Ham, and Middlesbrough. In the corresponding fixtures, they were 4-0-2 oh, for a total of 14 points. So if you add all that up, Arsenal finishes on 68, United finishes on 71, City finishes on 75, and Liverpool finishes on 77. We've got third place locked up, boys. What do you think of that? <laughs> oh, I hate projections so much. I hate them so much. I mean, but the reality is, is we should be getting it. I, you know, like I remember, you know, Painter, we were talking about, you know, it should be in their hands. Last week it might not have been. Now it it seems you know it, you can't say that just because you know United could still tie us on points. You know if if they win their games, I think we probably would have a better goal difference than them. I'm not sure if it's. I haven't looked at it recently. I don't know how far they are behind, but there's there's six behind us right now in goal differential. Okay, so I mean they they potentially. I mean they haven't been scoring a lot lately, but they potentially could. You know beat us out for that fourth position. They do have like you said tough opponents to play. It's more of for me, it's more of um, just the Liverpool thing. Like, I think other teams will drop points around us, but I also think Liverpool will too. It's just what we've come to know Liverpool to be. Like, we're going to concede goals. And and so I do see us dropping points before the end of the season. I just hope we can, in weeks that other clubs don't uh, take advantage, I hope that we do because I think there is something that can affect their mentality to that. Like, I do think that Arsenal felt the pressure – you know, although they're not really playing for Wenger right now anyways, but I do think that they, <laughs> when they went into their game against Palace, they knew that, you know, if they didn't pick up three points, it was going to be costly to them. Uh, they didn't play like it, but but they know. Like, I think teams definitely look at the scores when they go into their games. So, um, you know, hopefully we can just keep picking them up. Like, I sometimes in some situations you would think, uh, maybe in other scenarios, if a team hasn't played yet, you would, you would want that. But at this point in the season, especially knowing that the games that we have coming up, I actually like having the games in hand because I think it puts more pressure on the teams behind us. So hopefully those predictions are right, Painter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, one way to look at it. I mean, obviously the reverse fixtures are completely sure. different because you're changing in a way for a home. But, um, but if you look at it, if, che- if Chelsea take, United down this weekend and we get a result against West Brom, it's pretty much, it's pretty much done and dusted at, from that point on, unless we completely fall off the rails. So <clears throat> I'm not saying this weekend's the biggest game of the life and we, you know, certainly need to win it, but you know, drawing it wouldn't be the worst result either. Uh, especially if, you know, Chelsea put one on United, which they probably are going to do. Yeah, I hope so. And I mean, Clearly, the number one focus is looking at the teams behind, under us, but I would love to finish above City this year. Uh, and I, it just, you know, solely based on not having to play the, the qualifiers for the, for the Champions League, because usually you win those, but you never, you never fucking know. So I just want to be safe, third place, get us some quality players in, and, and let's turn next season into, to hopefully more of a challenge. Um, yeah, I just don't know how you could argue Arsenal would be that team. I mean, we've been postulating as much, but you look at United. I mean, they've got Chelsea sandwiched between Anderlecht in Europa League. Um, three games first, within us. Their, their main scorer, I think he scored like 28 goals this season. He's not playing for them. I, you know, I completely agree with you, Jeff. Like their their fixture congestion well, it's just a, it's is a lot like, of work. Yeah, three games in seven days. I get it, but away at Burnley, away at City. No, I, they, I they, totally they, agree with you. I, I think my point just came out of pure frustration that they have like the easiest run in Europa League possible right now so they don't even yep. care like if they get top four they might I think they might be resting players in Premier League games and, and playing their their full squad which which will help us obviously but I think they're gonna be playing their full squad in Europa and and I mean it's just so frustrating to look at when the the run that we had to go through last year to get to the final and then what they have had to oh, it's just so embarrassing they've had no challenge this whole time this whole tournament so fresh. Yeah. Um, it should be interesting to watch them and at White Hart Lane, second to last game. I, I can't see them getting a result there either. So I hope not, I, yeah. 
plenty of positivity, I think. Absolutely. We, we definitely got lucky with where we are in the remaining schedule. Uh, so hopefully Liverpool take advantage. But guys, before we get out of here, need some score predictions from you. Jeff. Liverpool got a wonderful result on the road earlier in the season, 2-1. I, I think this one ends 2-1. I, I think we're going to ship a goal. We just do. And I think we're going to have enough quality in the front between the two Brazilians. And, you know, Regini, I think, is going to want to atone for his mistake at Bournemouth, for example. I, I think he's going to deliver it. Uh, so 2-1 for me. I was like a 2-1 scoreline. Uh, Painter, what do you got, man? I'm gonna go with the clean sheet. I think. Uh, oh, no, yeah! Doing it. Hey, look, hey, at, hey, look hey. at this guy over here. I, I think. I think. Uh, I think our defense is gonna step up, and um, but I don't think we're gonna have a whole lot of uh, luck going forward. I think we squeak through a one-zero. Uh, we haven't had many one-zeros all season. In fact, in the last couple of seasons, we haven't done a one-zero very, very often. But I think we get a one-zero win, and uh, I think we. Uh, start purchasing the champagne for the end of the season um, and just keeping it in the storehouse for another couple games. But I think this is the, this is the nail in the coffin for the Arsenal and Man United uh, top four chances. I'm hoping you're right. I am. Uh, I don't see a clean sheet. I mean, I can, I, I see like, I can see it being us needing a goal to win, but I don't know about a clean sheet. So I could see a two one. I, I think we're going to take care of business. I think it's going to be a 3-1 victory, and I think Sturridge is going to score. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think he's putting one in the back of the net next game. Uh, and I, I say it every pod, and so I'll just continue to say it. Matip is due for a headed goal or any type of goal. <laughs> say it every pod. He's due for a goal. The guy, he should be scoring at least three a season, you would think, um, you know, with yeah, his quality. He's like six. Well, he's 6'5", six, six, too. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs to hit the weight room right now. He looks like a... Underserved giraffe out there. I mean, yeah, I need some muscles on him. Klopp needs to get him on something for sure. But I mean, he's known for his aerial presence. He needs to, he needs to score. He, he needs to score. So I'm going to put him and Sturridge on the score sheet at least for two out of the three. Hopefully next game. Um, but gentlemen, good to have you on as always. Any, uh, anything you're working on? Uh, Jeff, I know Cafe Football, obviously. Any other plugs? Where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter, nothing beyond Cafe Football, so look for that shortly. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Jeff underscore Hallett with two L's and two T's. Painter. Yep, it's uh, Brian underscore Painter uh, out there on Twitter, buddy. And everyone listening, hopefully you already know, but if you don't, you can find us at TalkOnFP on Twitter. You can always go to footballpurists.com. My Twitter is at jvishney, and by any chance, any Chicago sports fans out there, I do a Chicago sports cast called at uh, it's called the Windy City Way. You can find it at Twitter uh, on Twitter at the Windy City Way. Uh, gentlemen, been a pleasure having you on. Hopefully, the good results will continue to roll, and you know, within the next couple of weeks, we can really see us break off from uh, United and. Everton and Arsenal. Hopefully that will happen. Uh, it's going to be some, some fun football coming up, seeing some of these other teams play each other. But thanks for getting on, guys. And as always, talk on. Talk on. Good night, John. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.